0: Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses for an audience of entrepreneurs who are really building impressive businesses. And often you'll see them here being interviewed about how they did it. Um, joining me today is an entrepreneur who, when I first saw him on the docket, I said, my team, my team picked a great company, but it's too early. He is the founder of a company called Durable. What Durable does is They combine multiple tools that you who are listening to me are probably already using. We're talking about like a website builder, insurance, which is kind of a pain, marketing tools, um, CRM. CRM in this case means, uh, by the way, his name is James Clift. CRM means like email marketing software, right? Uh,
1: More or less, yeah. Customer management, automated follow-ups, basically keeping track of your customers and and making sure they're, they're happy.
0: Sending out invoices. Am I right about that? Yep. All those things all in one. And my my thought was, interesting, you know, bundle it. I'm paying all these different companies for software. Maybe if they if I paid one person, I could pay less and then have them all work together. Interesting idea. Still a little too early because it's just a few months old. Maybe we should have him on a year later. And then I realized he's the guy also behind Visual CV. This is like this site that would take your your resume, as we call it in the US. From LinkedIn or from your own stuff and just make it look really nice. And I've been freaking fascinated by that company for years because how the hell is visual CV making money? How are they getting people sign up? What it, What is it that they're doing that I'm not noticing? And I had a hunch from conversations with others that the business was doing really well. Apparently it did way better than I even imagined. And so we'll talk about visual CV a little bit. The... Way to build a resume online. The company that truthfully he sold, he, it's its in his past, but I want to find out about it. And we'll find about uh, find out about what he's doing at uh, Durable and maybe even go back in time to the window washing business that he had as a kid because I geek out on entrepreneurship. And we could do all this with James Cliff because I have two phenomenal sponsors. The first, if you need developers the way that James has in the past, I want you to get great developers, great price, direct from Europe. If you just go to lemon.io, you'll be able to sign up and talk to them and see how amazing they could do for you. And the second is Gusto. If you're paying your people, whether they're contractors, W-2, now even international, gusto.com/slash mixergy is where you should start. But I'll talk about those later. First, James, good to have you here.
1: Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Can you say how big revenue got for visual CV before you sold it?
1: When I was running it, we were doing about three million a year in revenue um, with a team of six. So super profitable, great business, um, kind of, yeah, happy to dig into the details there. But was yeah, there was more a, than
0: a more than 30% net margins, like in the bottom line, more than 30% of revenue would stick?
1: Oh, yeah. We were close to probably 70, 80% net.
0: So what did you do? From what I understood, just looking, I, I hadn't built a resume since, I don't know, college or something. Yeah, From what neither. I understood, <laughs> you need that. You grab people's data from LinkedIn, made it look more beautiful than they could do it themselves. What well you tell me, what is it that, that Visual C V did that's visible? And then what would I not notice because I wasn't using it as a as a customer of yours?
1: Yeah. So our our goal is to be the easiest way to build a resume or portfolio online. So taking your existing either Word document, LinkedIn profile, and transforming that into a resume that actually one looked really good. So we had a bunch of different templates with like either more simple formatting or kind of more creative formatting. So for more like artist design jobs um, as well as an online portfolio. So something you can actually share a link to as opposed to just like PDF document. Um, so that was the the basic premise of it. Um, and then also built in a lot of features like multiple resumes. So as you know, when you apply for a job, you want to have customization for each position you're applying for. So you can just kind of tweak the keywords on the resume, almost like version control for your resume. So a lot of people had, Five or 10 different resumes when they were applying for for jobs. Um, And then we had some analytics as well. So actually letting you know like, oh, who viewed your resume? Who downloaded it? Like when you should follow up Um, and then really expanded the scope into kind of that online portfolio. So um, as a freelancer, you need more than just a resume. So building a really lightweight one page personal website, um, adding that to your email signature and actually link from your resume. So really trying to expand kind of what the idea of a resume is and, and was. Um, but yeah, that, that business just after five years of grinding on other ideas, that one had such a smooth trajectory, which was, yeah, I feel, feel really grateful about it and it was a great business and yeah, a lot of fun to run.
0: James, that grinding it part is also fascinating to me. Apparently you graduated from college, knew you were an entrepreneur and said, we're going to try a bunch of ideas. And you told our producer that one of your approaches was to just copy what was out there and make a Canadian version of it. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I. that sounds like a better plan than I had even. It <laughs> what was was like, it? Well, how were you doing it? So we graduate, I, I was in my last class in university, like paired up business and engineering students. So I had two business partners. We had won a business plan competition for this really cool hardware project. It was like a daylighting system for office buildings. So it was like reflective Venetian blinds that track the sun and reflect it into the ceiling. So you had beautiful natural light when you were working. Um, Complete theory that didn't work at all, but we won $20,000 and we thought that that was enough to actually go start a company with. Um, So none of us got jobs. We just, yeah, started trying to build this company. Um, that didn't work out pretty quickly. And then one, one guy ended up getting a job. So it was myself and a partner, we started doing literally anything we could to pay rent. So like anything legal, I guess, to pay rent, but we, um, like like, like give me an example of something that we did just like web design development. So we were like getting clients off Craigslist, building websites for people. We were, um writing articles on Seeking Alpha on like financial investment advice. Like I have like 12 articles on Apple that made us like 600 bucks one month, never having any money to invest. We just like, okay, this is a way to make some cash. So we managed to stay alive for for two years and built a bunch of different projects. Um, one of them was a recruitment marketing platform. So kind of applicant tracking and like helping people manage their, their their jobs when they're hiring. Like workable, Um, I guess yeah like 800 different right' app options I can't for that. Tools do that um,
0: now. They're basically creating trello boards for for uh, people who have uh, jobs to fill, and I'm oversimplifying it. okay, but that's one of them. What else?
1: Yeah, so we we built a um this was actually a good idea. so an online job fair platform. so basically taking that like physical job fair that you do in university and do it fully virtually so you can go around as an applicant, like chat with recruiters drop your resume off. So we we had this idea and I think we're completely losing momentum and running out of money. So we just said, okay, let's just do this thing in a month. So we built the platform. I went and signed up 40 companies um, in Vancouver BC generally. Um, we got articles in like our local, not our, our local, like national newspapers. And we got like 5,000 candidates and 40 companies out within a month. Uh, and then that was enough momentum to get into I guess, Vancouver's version of Y Combinator. So startup accelerator, a tiny bit of cash, some mentorship, um, and just grinded through like eight more ideas like within that space. Um, and then ended up like, yeah, I think that business got to 100, 150K in revenue our first year, um, but kind of didn't fit the scalability requirements of a company that raised capital. Yeah. So we we ended up basically shutting that down and then eventually pivoting into visual CV. So there's about eight more projects in there that i you? Really why didn't you give up or, on it
0: then, James, and do like your third co-founder from school and say, I'm going to go and get a job. I, I wonder why you knew that you had it when all the evidence was saying that you're just making $600 uh, on Seeking Alpha, that you maybe don't have it.
1: Yeah. So that's a very good question. And I think part of it is naivete like i just didn't know what i didn't know and i was like yeah i'm fine i i i can pay my rent somehow or i've mm-hmm. managed to pay my rent so far so i didn't really have any expectations of what a real lifestyle and job looked like because you weren't um,
0: comparing yourself to other people is that it no, too? It,
1: it never never crossed my mind yeah like i mean some of my friends like i went to like undergrad business school so all my friends were like at kpmg and accounting um, and I think the the biggest driver is like I do not want to be an accountant. Like that was the number <laughs> one driver for me. So whatever <laughs> I can do to not be an accountant, I'm gonna do that. Um and then with with Visual Cv, it was like, okay, there was three, four years of grinding, I made probably twenty thousand dollars in year one, maybe forty thousand in year two um in personal income. So that's that's looking pretty cheap. And then I was looking at getting a job. I was like, okay, yeah, this is like, okay. Uh, got like, it. You're let's, saying let's, at
0: some point you were, but this was after you would already gotten rolling with visual CV. So where did the idea for visual CV come from?
1: So this was pre, this was kind of exploring whether to do visual CV or not. So I had like the, the opportunity to go work for a friend's company in Silicon Valley and go do like business development or something there. So it was really a hard decision. It's like, do I just go get a job or do I put three months into this new project, which, which was visual CV. Um, and I spent a, a long time really weighing the options there. Cause it was like, okay, like there's uncertainty in both of those paths. It's been, it's been a grind for three years. And is this the, is this the, the right thing I want to focus some energy on? Um, so visual CV was, a, I was trying to sell my last company to a larger recruitment marketing company. Um, they had actually acquired the website visual CV that's, that was kind of around for, um, they raised money in 2004 and like had a bit of a spike and then just basically bought a domain name and the, the founders of the larger company were just like, Oh, do you want to work on this project? I'm like, yeah, maybe like, maybe we could do something here. We've got a good team. I mean, they had
0: it. They had the idea for a visual resume. They bought the domain and that's where you got it. It wasn't you kicking it around or a friend of yours telling you they need a better design resume. It was them with the idea Asking you, do you want to build it within our business? Um, no.
1: Kind of. Like we, we, we spun it out as a separate business entirely when we first started. But I guess it was what I'm getting like, at is,
0: James, yeah. where did the idea come from? Like how does a guy like you who had always been an entrepreneur realize that there is a problem with resume design?
1: Yeah, that's that's the origin story. <laughs> there was an existing website. We saw an opportunity and just decided to put a team behind it and build it. Got it. Um, you just saw so, their
0: idea. You said, I like it. And then yeah. you, you said, can we buy this business from you? And they were open to that?
1: Yeah, we basically... It was a, a four way partnership, so we we rolled the the web the the website into our company, and then we we all invested a little bit of cash into it, and that Got was
0: it. it. And the, when you say we all who was involved, it was you, uh, and?
1: myself, my my original partner, and then my two other partners at the larger recruitment company.
0: Got it. Who had the domain, had the idea. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then what was going to be the responsibility breakdown between the four of you? Uh,
1: so the two of us would operate it. They just put up a little bit of cash initially, and were, I guess mentors, advisors, that kind of thing.
0: Was that all the money you had or did you still have any of the accelerator money?
1: Oh yeah, we were out of that money. It was like 25K. Okay. So that, that was gone pretty quickly. So then it was um, just
0: the four of you as shareholders. How much money did they put into this business?
1: I was about 100K.
0: Okay. All right. That's yeah. considerable. That's more than the accelerator did and then you get their advice. All right. Yeah, and, and then and the,
1: the math there for me was, okay, we can pay ourselves 30 grand a year for a year and try and figure this out. Um, and i think the the reason i like the space as well so we were doing a bunch of stuff in the recruitment space so we had a lot on the employer side and like the virtual job fair side i think we had tens of thousands of like students that were were running through our platform and did have a lot of trouble building their resume so it definitely was something that like that that idea clicked um yeah. and it was okay there there is something here like it's clearly a an obvious pain point that's not solve that well for whatever reason. And I think we can solve it a lot better than the existing solutions out there. So it's definitely a a long analysis of whether this was the right market to build in. Um, What's the couple, first couple,
0: version like, that you built? What, what did it include?
1: Yeah, so the, the first version was... Super simple is basically one template, upload your existing resume, we'll parse that and put it into this nice looking template. Um, or just log in through LinkedIn and we'll do the same. And then you get an output which is a PDF. Um what we got right initially was really heavily focusing on SEO. So that was the biggest growth lever for us was just investing in thousands of resume examples. So if I'm a Accountant. What should my resume look like if I'm a? Um, I was trying not to say accountant, but it's in my head now. Um, basically, yeah. Resume examples for every category. Resume samples, um, kind of different templates across the board. So just a heavy focus on on online marketing and that in that specific like technical SEO, um, and that's what really got us our initial initial growth and and user base, and then um, everything kind of compounded from there.
0: What was the revenue going to be for it from where charging for creation or subscription or something else?
1: Yeah. So three months in we had, I believe 10,000 users on the platform and we just put up a paywall. We we launched three new templates, like premium templates and put up a subscription paywall and we made $2,000 our first month of that. So I was like, okay, there's, there's something here. Um, and then that kind of grew to twenty five hundred, and then I think it was sixty bucks a year when we first started. Okay, um, and then we just made that sixty bucks every six months or something. Like it wasn't super scientific in how we, we priced it, um, but the the price elasticity was interesting. It was it's one of those things, right? Where when you are in that job seeking period, it's it's worth paying a little bit more for that three to six months where you are looking for a job, and then right. obviously. Um, you might you might unsubscribe for the next year or so. And then people actually come back when they're looking for the next job. So it's kind of interesting, um, interesting dynamics of that type of business. It's probably similar to an online dating business where you kind of go hard for three months and then you take a break. If you find a relationship, then you come back when you're looking for your next one.
0: So TechCrunch did an article on you back in 2020. 20- 2008. Wow, you guys launched it at, at a really painful time for the economy. Yeah. Um, and their take on it was that you don't want your employer to see your Facebook page, you want them to see an online page that you create for yourself, like your own link, your own profile for companies that you're working for. Was that part of it too, that it was going to be almost like what LinkedIn is today?
1: Yeah, I think that's that was the initial thesis. And it's definitely part of it. So having that, like that landing page, so if you think about LinkedIn, right? If you send someone to your LinkedIn profile, it's like, it's like your personal marketing page. Um, but on your LinkedIn profile, there's like, oh, here's eight other people that also look great. Right? Do you, so if you're, right. if you're selling someone to a product, um, you don't want to list competing products on that landing page. So that's simple thesis of like, okay, like, Do you want to send an employer to a website that's distracting, full of ads and sends them to eight other people that look like you versus this custom marketing landing page that actually showcases your specific skills, um, something more about your personality? So a lot of people do have more of a portfolio they add to the page. So 100 percent, I think that um, coupled with the idea that you can just download a simple PDF to go through the traditional application process, which is still 99% of jobs out there, but taking that PDF, linking to something way more custom and dynamic. I just, yeah, the idea of linking to your LinkedIn doesn't really make a lot of sense. And even now that the data from that, um, I think it's like 5% of people apply with LinkedIn. So it's not a super common way to apply for jobs still. Um, And I think that idea yeah, of of customizing your landing page and and how your employers might view you um, was definitely a big part of the thesis there.
0: The other thing I noticed when I went back in time is that you had a lot of press. Was that you, James, who was working on getting mentions in Business Week and TechCrunch or was it an agency?
1: Yeah, that was me. Yeah.
0: Just sitting there finding Eric Schoenfeld at TechCrunch saying, I have this new thing. You should interview the CEO. Go ahead and make the introduction. That was you sitting and typing cold email
1: yeah and the thing about press too once you get a little bit of momentum it gets Mm -hmm. a lot easier so once you're in one of these publications then the next email gets a little bit easier and then they actually start sourcing from you as well so if someone's doing an article on the job market or the best resume building tools for 2021 um, if they start googling and visual cv is in every one of those other articles then they're going to reach out to you. And I think that's like the compounding nature of online press that that really kicked in for us too. And that all couples super nicely with the like the technical marketing strategy because the more, I mean, the more press you get, the more domain rating you get, the better your SEO is. And I think that like that marketing strategy really compounded for us. Um, and one of the co-founders
0: yeah, was Philip Merrick who created web methods.
1: Uh, so he was one of the original guys. So he was not part of our... Um, so oh, this was, is
0: before you.
1: This is like pre us, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
0: you know what? So he's mentioned in that in that TechCrunch article, along with a note that says that he raised five million dollars from headhunting firm Hydric and Struggles and Valhalla Partners. So, did any of that money come through to you, or was that money? No, it didn't. No, this was yes. money for what?
1: So that was so that was like original visual cv like i mentioned so they had raised money in like 2004 and then they shut down pretty quickly after that like that first rush um and then we bought the site or my partners bought the site and then rolled it into like our um our business so that was like original visual cv team um got so it we basically inherited the domain name and some of that like traffic traction but nothing uh Nothing it was basically like dead in the water when we took it over. There's just a I'll little bit I'll tell you of what you have traffic. that they did
0: not have. Freaking design sense. Like your design style was so different from theirs. Theirs is much more of I guess they have an enterpr I guess Philip Merrick and his and his spouse maybe founded uh, web methods and they're a very enterprisey business. The I guess the way I would think about it is more like Zapier for Enterprise before. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that? It's like business integration software.
1: Yeah, like the original version looked a lot like like MySpace. It was kind of like the MySpace respace. Right. Resumes. right. Yeah. It was
0: like like two people in enterprise or one person in enterprise sitting down and going, Okay, how do I make a less MySpacey, more professional MySpace? And that will kind of all right, got it. So then you acquire it, you yeah. re relaunch it. Who codes it up?
1: Uh, so Thomas, my my co founder at the time. By himself. Yeah, built the whole thing.
0: Wow. We, all right. I should say, speaking of developers, if you're out there listening to me and you need to hire developers, you should talk to my sponsors. I'm not even saying going hire from them. I'm saying just include them in the mix because I think you're going to be impressed by them. If you go to lemon.io slash mixer, you're going to see that they can cut the price that you pay developers, but give you phenomenal developers nonetheless. Why? Because they'll source them from your They'll find the people who are less expensive because they're not living in Silicon Valley. They're not even living in Austin, where I've moved to from San Francisco. They're living in places where it's a little less expensive, where they get better quality of life. But at the same time, they still have the the experience, the knowledge, and the love of tackling tough uh, problems. Just talk to Lemon.io. See what you think of them. If you love them, go ahead, hire from them. And there's no risk. If you don't love them, move on and just keep them in the back of your head. Go to lemon.io slash Mixergy. And frankly, if you don't love them, don't keep it in the back of your head. Tell me, shout at me. I want to know whether you love them or don't love them. My email address is always open to you. It's mixergy.com. That's how I keep up the quality of my sponsors. Go to lemon.io slash Mixergy to sign up. And if you use that URL, you'll get a discount on their already low prices for developers. I should give that URL one last time. Lemon.io slash Mixergy. All right, so he coded it up. You were the person who was in charge of going out and, and getting promotion. How else did you get people to sign up for this?
1: Yeah, so like I said, heavy focus on, on SEO. Um, press was a big part of it. Um, one big catalyst was actually launching on Product Hunt um, in October of whatever year that was, Two thousand must have been 16. Um, okay. But yeah, we were kind of like, Oh Somewhat, so you really
0: had acquired yeah. it afterwards when I say it launched 2008 that wasn't your version your version was 2016 Oh yeah we were
1: we were two, I'm trying to get the dates right so we like so yeah they 2008 2012 I think it was 2014 I think is okay. when when we took it over um and we relaunched it in like October 2014 Okay yeah
0: got it and so product hunt. I remember actually at that period when I would talk to people in my audience, talk to my guests, see where their traffic was coming from. The number one source of traffic for a lot of them was product hunt.
1: Yeah, it was massive. massive And it wasn't, I didn't have high expectations because it's not a, it wasn't like a super sexy product, but there's something inherently just everyone has this problem of building Mm -hmm. a resume at some point. Um, So I guess it's stuck. Um, but yeah, we were at that point where it was like, yeah, our traffic was okay. We're getting a little, we like maybe two thousand, three thousand bucks a month in revenue, and then we launched on Product Hunt and just blew up there. It was it was pretty nuts. So like, we went to I think we got probably tens of thousands of views that day. We were the number one or two product at the time. Um, a bunch of like Saudi Arabian press picked us up. Huh. So we got in these like really random web, like publications in Saudi Arabia, which drove a bunch of traffic. Um, and then obviously like after a launch, you kind of spike and then you, then you drop down again. But our, our level after that was three times what it was um, previously. So we just kind of hit this algorithm within Google that bumped up all our pages, all our domain authority. Um, and that's mm-hmm. really when things just started like actually growing um, quite linearly and uh, I guess exponentially, and exponentially pretty quickly there. So it was a, it was a yeah, huge catalyst for, for us going from kind of, okay, we've got some revenue to, okay, this is a scalable business and, and we're actually getting some really good traction here.
0: So product hunt, some, uh, articles written about you that you helped push along, but also some that just came because you were discovered on product hunt. Uh, search engine optimization was really kicking in and you were someone who, who got good at search engine optimization from what I understand, right? You started yeah. writing articles. I think you even started creating templates online. You knew your customers were looking for templates for business or examples of resumes for their profession. Am I right? And so you created that.
1: Yeah. hundred Um,
0: did you also have a free version? It was freemium.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was 90. It's still 90% free right now. So most of the users are still, still free users. So yeah, great, great free product as well.
0: Was there any virality built into it? Anything that allowed one, one job seeker to go and bring in another job seeker or for companies to encourage people to
1: use you? Yeah, we tried a bunch there. So we definitely had kind of more natural word of mouth. Um, like people are asking like, oh, where should I go to build a resume? And then we, we pop up there. Um, and then we built this feature where you can ask for like someone to check your resume so like, hey, can you like take a look at my resume and like give me any feedback on it? So that was one feature that definitely added a little bit to like the natural virality of the product. Um, and then on the free version, there was a link back to VisualCV. So if you're posting a website or URL, um, that's going to link back to visualcv.com with the referral code. So definitely a lot of natural traffic came from that. And then also people were using these as their personal websites, right? So if you're searching for, like James Clift, um, my Visual CV site shows up probably as a fourth result there. So we got a lot of just organic Google traffic through there. There's some strange ones too. We had some. Uh, I forget who it was. It was like more or less a dictator in some random country was using Visual CV, and I was like, oh, wow. why does this? Why does this page have so much traffic? And it's like, oh, sh- this isn't good. <laughs> You're a Visual I, CV user, so yeah. A I lot wonder of, like, if it was uh, coming through.
0: I wonder if it was someone that they hired for reputation management. I remember, yeah, right.
1: Oh yeah, it must have been. Yeah, because we had, we, had a, we did have a partnership with with some of those sites too, and it's like another another link, obviously too.
0: With uh, um, where the reputation management companies would then create a page with your site. I remember yeah. doing uh, master classes for Mixergy with with a reputation management company, and that was a huge technique for them to create a page on your site and of course on LinkedIn and every social media site because those get pumped pumped. I mean, bumped up to the top of search results and they will then push down anything that's negative. And I could see how that would be helpful. Yeah. Ultimately, you sold the company. Why did uh, you decide to sell the company?
1: Yeah, so it was, I mean, it was was a great business. Um, I think the reality for me was um, after a certain point, it just wasn't a product that I was, super passionate about after, after five years. And it kind of solved all that. Like we had a great team. It was actually really, it's really cool now having another company when like 20% of our resumes are from visual CV. Like that's freaking crazy. Um, like I built that thing or my team built that thing. So I think like at some point, um, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was, it was long enough. I think like I, I made the, I made the capital that I was trying to make. Um, it you had was, like a number
0: goal that you wanted to reach personally.
1: Yeah, more or less. I, I think like I, I've surpassed that pretty quickly on within Visual C V too. It was more I think I, I wanted to almost make my life harder again, <laughs> like play a play a harder game and like take a bigger swing with the next business. So I think like by definition, Visual C V is a great, a great, I mean amazing cash flowing company. Um, but there's just something, uh, I was like, okay, like, am I, am I challenging myself enough here? Is this, is this like, am I, am I spending my days doing, doing really high value work? And, um, just really wanted to, to double down on, um, yeah, what's the hardest thing I can do right now, I guess. And like, kind of, there's two ways you can go, right. It's like, okay, do I want to retire and chill out for the next decade? Or do I want to go the exact opposite direction? And for some reason I'm, I'm just designed to go, go the hard, take the hard route. So did you do anything nice for
0: yourself? Did you go on vacations? Did you buy yourself something, a home, a car, an experience?
1: Yeah. I mean, I did. I had a great experience just running the company. So I was, I was doing the digital nomad thing. I was living in Argentina for, for six months and just, yeah, living a really nice lifestyle there. Um, and I think like this, yeah. I mean, I bought like a bought a, a house and, or a, a townhouse and stuff, but um, yeah. The I'm trying to think of like investment property.
0: Really, What'd you put your money into? Bitcoin? Yeah,
1: yeah. Investment property and like yeah, index funds more or less. Oh, okay. Um, so pretty conservative on a little bit of startup investing too, but it was it was more like I I'm not I don't like thinking about money in that way like it takes up a lot of time so it was like like when i had the money it was like i spent so much time like what's my ideal asset allocation and like um all this stuff that's not in my control um mm. and it feels it's just way too time consuming and mentally consuming like i've got enough risk on like starting companies like what's the kind of the the portfolio that will let me sleep at night was really what yeah. i was trying sort to of optimize for um, and like super grateful too. It's, it's, it's crazy to be able to not worry about the price of groceries and <laughs> like hotel rooms. Like I'm like, I think that level is kind of the, the level of wealth that is the most rewarding. Cause you can kind of take care of your family a little bit, you know, everyone's going to be okay. And you don't have to worry about
0: what like, do you do for your family.
1: Um, yeah, I am I'm trying to retire my parents now, so uh. that, it's, it's a bit of a, bit of a struggle cause they're like holding on. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's a big one. And then just want to be. a really like nice be, thing to do. Yeah. And be more supportive. Like I've got a like a, a new niece and stuff too. And I just want to be there if, if anyone needs it. I think just being that, like having that buffer and that, mm-hmm. that like margin of safety, I think, um, that's really rewarding for me. At, and then, at its
0: height, yeah. the site was, the business was like a website builder. That's more specific, right?
1: Yeah, more or less. Like
0: it's, so in high school, I think you, um, you're building websites. You told our producer and you said you're basically reselling Weebly. Why'd you pick Weebly by the way?
1: I think it was the easiest one to use at the time. Yeah. That was like, yeah, 2007. So yeah, that was like the easiest and cheapest one.
0: And so it's kind of like that. One of the things that one of the past guests that I've had on said, Look at all these different website builders that are industry or need specific. Everyone thinks about well, the Weebly's, the Wixes of the world, the Square, what is it, Squarespace. But there are these massive ones that are just for the car industry or for, in your case, it's just for people looking for jobs. Um, speaking of, on your LinkedIn, on your visual CV page, you happen to say that you washed windows. There it is. High definition window cleaning. This was just you, Right.
1: Uh yeah, being a buddy yeah.
0: How did you get started doing this? This was back in high school, also or college.
1: Yeah, so I my second year university, um, I ran a like a window cleaning franchise. So basically college pro painting where people have like some formula you can follow to go run a business. Ah, okay. Um, so I did that and it was a brand. This is the first year they franchised. So it was a complete mess. Like there was no actual franchise formula, but basically window cleaning is you get a truck and some squeegees um, and you go knock on doors and um, start cleaning windows. So we ended up doing, um, I think it was 42,000 in sales in three months that first summer. Um, Wait, did a-
0: you just go knock on businesses doors?
1: Uh No, uh, residential. So, so you
0: might knock on my door and say, hey, Andrew, I see you have a lot of windows. Would you like us to clean your windows? You know what? Here, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily need it. But in San Francisco, I remember because we were living in like a really busy part of uh, the city, windows would get dirty. And so we pay you what? How much would it be to clean windows?
1: Yeah, so our our neighborhoods were, they're pretty big houses. So um yeah, so many interesting stories from there. But yeah, usually with, with a neighborhood, it was like, I'd say the average deal was, Three hundred to three fifty, and you can do two or three houses in a day. So a good day, you're doing about a thousand bucks a day. Um, and you're
0: selling and cleaning same day. Just go door to door. Do you need your windows clean?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm selling, and then I'm also cleaning. Then I had two two of my buddies working for me, um, that were wow. like doing the labor. So that that's what, yeah. And then I guess I worked hard, but it, it was pretty fun, right? Like you're doing I don't know eight hours of labor and two hours of sales a day. Um, but once you get kind of this critical mass within a neighborhood, you get like two neighbors, then you put a sign up. The next neighbor calls you, you knock on the door. It's like, oh, your neighbor just did this. And uh-huh. then you, you end up getting, so I think, yeah, one neighborhood, we probably did like $15,000 just getting most of the houses in that neighborhood. Um, so and then was, you also put a sign
0: cool. on somebody's lawn so that everyone knows that you just did their windows.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah,
0: okay. What yeah. else? Give me one, one more technique that you used. Selling door-to-door, was I used to do that. It was so much fun because often it was cash. So you get to keep the cash right there. It's not like an intellectual exercise and seeing numbers grow in some random place. It's a full-on, see your pockets getting bigger. And if you work up the courage to talk to someone else and you work up the stamina to get up earlier, to work a little bit longer, you get more money. And it feels really good, very direct.
1: Yeah, and it's, I think you just learn to stop it's like this weird combination of really caring, but also not caring, right? It's like, you're going to get rejected, but most people are nice. I think is the reality, especially if you're a young kid with a nice, like uniform on trying to like clean their windows. Um, and everyone wants to help out that person too. So I think that was a big part of it. Um, it wasn't a technique, but I, I got hit by a jet ski like mid summer and like compound fractured my foot. So I actually couldn't walk really without a cane or do any labor so i'm not sure if i got some sympathy points but i was going door to door with like a boot and a cane and like trying to close deals then so i think that might have been helpful it definitely definitely didn't fake it but it might have been a might have been a good technique
0: and so one of the ideas that you had from Durable came from that experience. And the money that you get is basically what you were was an entrepreneur. You paid someone, which apparently was a mistake, for for their name to put on, on your business cards and some business practices. They didn't give you the truck, right? It was your own truck. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a mistake. It's fair to say that was a mistake back then to have done that or you needed it.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think if I knew what I did like a month or a week in, I wouldn't have done it. But yeah, it was 30% of sales to for what? Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a whole lot of value. Um, they were so getting
0: 30% we, we, of your sales. Wow. Yeah.
1: We took a year off from that um, based on the agreement. And then I just went back to it with HD window cleaning. And we did like 25 grand in sales in two months. And they no franchise fee. And then mm. I went to Europe for a month. So I was like, yeah, it's a better, it's a better option.
0: HD Just like window cleanings is you doing it yourself.
1: Like um, that's your yeah. personal brand name. It's my brand. Yeah. The brand we built. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. And so James, one of the realizations that you have with durable, durable.co is the website for anyone who wants to see your new, your new business is you said there are a lot of people who maybe are working for somebody else, cleaning windows for them or doing something else for them, who in reality they could do it by themselves, but there's know-how that you need and then there's pain in the ass stuff that you need to do, like a website, like insurance and so on. And your realization was, what if we just take all of that off of you and basically turn whatever business you're in into the equivalent of franchise minus the industry-specific how-to manual? Am I right?
1: Yeah, so I think the 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 insight that that I, I mean I really believe in, especially for so like service jobs, right? So service is anything where you're trading hours for dollars or projects for dollars. The reality of all those businesses is, and this is my like my window cleaning experience. Like I'm charging my team out at at the time it was thirty dollars an hour and paying them twelve dollars an hour. Um, so if you're labor within that market, you're an hour. You're basically that hourly rate if you flip a switch and become a subcontractor or an owner, then now you have the power to charge that hourly rate. So you go from 10 bucks an hour to 50 bucks an hour to hundred bucks an hour. Um, and just the way that like across the board from like, we're seeing lawyers quit their jobs to go do their own thing. We're seeing consultants, we're seeing like home services. So kind of across the board, there's this huge trend towards being your own solo business. Um, the challenge with that is it's a lot of work to manage all the stuff that is not, actually delivering the work, right? So you you do have to go build a website, create like online invoicing, you have to get your insurance, you have to get your health care, um, like everything is hard. Um, and that's kind of why companies exist to solve a lot of that stuff. But we're basically saying, hey, like can software do the job that a company would do um, and automate as much as possible? So if you have a skill, how can you turn that into a business um, and all of a sudden go from making your 15 bucks an hour to 50 bucks an hour in the shortest amount of time possible. And that's like all the software process systems and also really in-depth education as well. Uh, Not in terms of learning the actual skill, but in terms of how to operate, grow a business um, like marketing and sales and people management and operations and documents. So, yeah, trying to bring all that under one roof and make, make, Owning a business easier than having a job. Like that's really our end goal. How do we make it better to own your own thing than to work in one of these one of these jobs?
0: And are you including insurance also?
1: Yeah. So we've got a we got a partner for that, but you can buy insurance through durable. Um and like buy full-on the- health insurance? Uh, we're not we're not touching health insurance yet but eventually we want to as well liability
0: yeah. insurance like if yeah. you're fixing if you're cleaning someone's window and you break the window you've got to pay for it instead of you covering it out of your pocket
1: yeah and then like errors and omissions insurance if you're doing like more tech contracting work but yeah just kind of your basic package before you incorporate just having a sole proprietorship plus the right insurance you can actually get to work right away and not have to worry about kind of the more complex accounting and legal stuff.
0: How did you know what to include in this and why go after all service? Why don't we just focus on how do you know what to include in it?
1: Yeah. The, the standard set of tools, um, it's kind of the vertical versus horizontal question, right? So do you just say, Hey, we're just going to do home service. So just do window cleaning and build the best possible product for that. Or do you want to go more general, uh, and then kind of target multiple, multiple users, um, I think there's a really big opportunity to be like the Shopify in this space. So actually saying, OK, for all service based companies, um, there's a standard set of tools and processes that you need to go through from incorporation, insurance um, to um, banking, credit card, accounting. There's just a like a, a standard operational tool set and marketing tool set that actually looks pretty similar across the board. There'll be some custom stuff around like how you market your services, but more or less that tool set is the same. Um, but then bringing that general tool set to a really um, smaller target customer. So we want to target solo one to four person companies um, that are pretty underserved by these vertical solutions because they're super expensive. So to buy like the, the best in class vertical software for your home services company, that's going to cost you 2000 to $10,000 a year right off the bat. And that's not the right place to invest that money um, when you you're first home starting services company. Um, so like a cleaning company, right? There's like, like, um, house call pro house call pro or, um, what's the bigger one?
0: Got it. You're saying, look, if there's, if there's a cleaning company where it's one person who's working the internet and one or two cleaners that's working for her, then they don't need the industry specific software that's expensive. They need the same thing that if there's a gardening company, a landscaping company with one woman sitting at the desk, managing the internet, maybe going out on some projects, but has two people out in the field those are similar enough that they don't need the industry specific stuff. How did you even know that? What kind of calls did you have to make or what kind? What did you do to understand it?
1: Well, we talked to a ton of customers in in these different categories. And usually, even if you're using like that more vertical specific software, there's four other tools you're still using. So you still have a different website builder. You still have an invoicing tool. Um, Some of them might have it integrated. So it is this convoluted complex setup. And that's like the sophisticated version, right? Where you have um, like some Zapier Zap running to your CRM that talks to this. Um, And we just looked at that. It's like, oh, the average person's not going to do that. Um, And then you have like your kind of more traditional business that runs off a spreadsheet. And they also hate hate their life because they're spending all their time trying to like manually reconcile these transactions. So it's just kind of, to me, it's like, there is a 10x better solution here and having it all in one place, um, not just from a like, okay, this is nice to like save money on software, but it actually makes everything so much easier because now your customer data talks to your invoicing data, talks to your expense data, talks to your employee data. um, So you have this data set that actually lets you abstract and automate all these processes that you would either have to do manually or like verify manually. I'm um, so to me, it's just like, like, yeah, it's, it's obvious. How do we make that on-ramp to, um, going from zero to business? Like, let's make that a day. Like, why there is there no, possible?
0: were there calls, were there sit downs, were there, yeah, we did a like bunch of, a bunch of customer calls. It. Yeah. So we're I'd reaching love out to in... hear some of what you, let me take a moment, to talk about my second sponsor. And then I'd love so, to hear one or two of those conversations that helped inform what went into the software. I should say my second sponsor is Gusto, you know, Gusto, right, James, What oh, do you yeah, about Gusto's Gusto? Awesome, they're amazing. Well, here, I'll I'll do it since they paid me. I was going to ask you uh, and then basically sit back and let you talk every, about how awesome they are. Every
1: startup I know uses Gusto and they me love Me too. It. <laughs> I don't even know
0: why they're even paying me because every startup is already freaking using it. But you know what? Sometimes they're using always, it, I guess, always because always more there's startups. branding. I'll take it. Here's the beauty about Gusto. They help you pay your people, manage the benefits that you give them in a way that's easy for you or whoever on your team is handling it, that scales up with you so that if you're paying contractors at first and then full-time employees next and then international people, now they've just added international. I saw that in my dashboard. It just grows and scales with you it's as beautiful as the best piece of software that you've seen and because they're managing your payment and your benefits to the people who are the most important to you and frankly whose livelihood depends on it they make it beautiful for you beautiful for them easy for you easy for them and it's all together in a package that I'd like for you to see but you're probably not going to see it unless I let you go see it for free. This is a great time of year to do it. Even if you're transitioning from a company you don't like, or just getting started for the first time, paying people outside of whatever accounting software you're using, whatever PayPal thing you're using, wherever you are, they will meet you there. And they will let you try it for free right now. If you use my URL, the URL is gusto.com slash Mixergy. It will not be up for long. I know they took it down before because it's a limited time offer. I asked them to put it, put it back up. If you go and want to try it for free, go to gusto.com slash Mixergy. And I'm I'm grateful to them for sponsoring, especially since they don't need me. All my guests seem to know them already. And I know my audience does too, but go try them out if you haven't yet. Gusto.com/slash mixer Pay Your People in an easy, effective way. All right. Um, do you have one of those stories of what you what you heard?
1: Yeah, I mean, we so the way we recruited our our user interviews, there's a bunch of like Facebook groups where all like um, like landscapers hang out or like home cleaners or so we, we really started the home services business then moved to like <clears throat> is there like similar like around IT and consulting um, so usually how I start those calls um, I mean obviously like okay let's hear about your business and kind of the tool set you're using um, but I, it's like you want to almost look for like emotion around like okay like so walk me through what the incorporation process was like um, how did you decide to structure it as an S corp? And like people just get stressed. They're like, oh, like uh, my, my I guess my accountant said that, but I don't really know. I'm like, oh, like okay. Um, and then like what software are you using for invoicing? They're like, oh, I, I googled a bunch of stuff and this this came up. I'm like, well, do you like do you like the software? And just like kind of this like low NPS for every like tool set across the board really was like quite evident. Um, so no one's super happy with the tool set. I think that's like one um interesting data point that came up um and then just the just the sheer amount of like emotional complex because you're already starting a business for the first time which is hard right and like not having that knowledge of like like that fear of doing things wrong is really real like from a like a tax perspective an accounting perspective um, do I need errors and omissions insurance? If I'm like writing code for a company as a contractor, there's just a lot of really specific things that most people don't have a lawyer to ask those questions to, or an accountant to ask those questions to. So you're kind of just trying to figure it out on your own. Um, and the reality is those processes aren't very complex. Like there's obvious answers to them, but there's, there's no place to actually go. Um, that it's like a trusted place to kind of get those things done and also, um, have that trust that you did the right thing more than anything so like that's the way i feel about our business it's it's certainly building software but it's almost this like emotional layer of like yeah everything's taken care of like you can just relax and do your work and your life will get better as opposed to trying to like learn a bunch of new things and um stress your way through the like the the personal user research um so i think that that's like something that just kept coming up and i think the Like the idea is is reason is is pretty obvious, right? Is like why isn't there this like all in one consolidated solution of all these tools? Um, And I think to some degree,
0: I feel like Square is trying to do that, but they're they're coming at it from a cash register point of view instead of instead of something that's more business facing, you know, and so. They will create some kind of a website if I, if I remember right, won't they, James? They, they then let you collect payment online or offline, but it's, it's much more of a take payment from customer, give customer receipt, and by the way, you've been asking for this other stuff, so here's our version of it, and, yeah, and not an all-in-one solution that's more what the business person would want if they started out with just give me the business part of it.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of like, so there's similar like invoicing tools. There's like a couple like multi-billion dollar invoicing companies that just do the invoicing. And now they're starting to tack on these additional services, like you said. FreshBooks.
0: But FreshBooks seems to be moving a lot more towards like QuickBooks territory, right? Taking on more and more of the accounting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I think about what you do, it's not until I see the screenshot of the dashboard that it makes sense. See who your customers are, who, who to invoice. And then, of course, I would want to email past customers through the system and say, I've got some opening. Do you need to hire me? We're, we're running a little bit late here, aren't we? Why don't we, um, do you have a hard stop in a, in a few uh, minutes?
1: No, no, I'm, I'm good.
0: Let's talk a little bit about what you did on Facebook and Discord in order to get customers in the beginning.
1: Yeah, so basically just like went into a bunch of these Facebook groups and said, hey, like I'm, I'm James, I'm working on this new thing. Would love to chat with anyone who's like in this specific category of business Um, And I think we we offered uh, like a hundred dollar Amazon gift card as well to some of the interviews. So I think one we did a draw and then one we just said, hey, we'll give you twenty five bucks to like come do this interview. And then some we just did for free. So kind of testing out different ways of getting that customer feedback. Um, And then a lot of it, too, like these were my pain points as well. Like even as a like of a small consulting business as well, just like on the side and like, oh, this stuff's annoying to me, too. Like half of it's like I want this product for for myself and my side Why hustle. do you have a
0: small consulting business on the side? I, I heard you're overloaded. You're still on the board of the the company that acquired Visual CV. Am I right about that?
1: Yeah, so I started that business to consult for for Visual CV basically. Oh god um, it.
0: They needed you. They said, "Hey, look, we want to bring you on somehow to help with this transition and yeah. this's been a long-time transition, okay?" Yeah. And so in order to collect payment from them, you need to have some kind of invoicing system and yeah. And like,
1: uh, like a corporation and stuff too. So I was like, okay, okay. this is like a pretty obvious, like, um, annoying. Like I, I was using some random invoicing tool. I'm like, okay, like this, like even just knowing your year end is annoying when you have a separate company. So I was like, okay, can we put that data in one place? Um, and then I think as a, as a company policy, I'm just doing it for fun. Like doing some like startup pitch deck consulting and stuff. Um, cause I want to use durable for that basically. So I've got my own yeah. little like startup coaching and like pitch deck business. Um, Very, very part time, but it's fun. Let's think
0: about that though, James. So the thing that I wonder is if somebody is doing a business like that, like pitch deck consulting or frankly, just PDF presentation consulting or, or even dog grooming in their house, why can't they just use a spreadsheet and email some customers and build a website using whatever Squarespace or any one of these other tools? Why do they need something more than that?
1: I think the, the reality of what we want to build is like, how can we help you scale that business? And also just like, you could do it yourself. You could find six different tools and actually do it. But I think the speed to go to market, like if you actually use, Dur- you can get this up and running in literally five minutes. Like it's pretty, pretty quick. And the marketing suite that we're building is the thing I'm really excited about. So saying, Hey, like you're in, you're doing mobile dog grooming here's like the six channels you should be investing in here. So you automate your Google ads, so just actually helping with customer acquisition and growth. Um, and then the, just the manual part of doing like the spreadsheet accounting or something, even a 50 grand a year business, you have expenses to track, you have specific, like, do you engage an accountant or not? There's a lot of like annoyance that goes into that. Um, so, I, I just think this like idea of a consolidated place to have all of that that the product and that data, it lets you actually flow in and out of that better as well. So if you um you don't want to be paying for like eight subscriptions if you go back to your job and then come back to this part-time. So I just think there's this idea of like we're kind of your co-pilot that lives on the side while while you're trying to get it off the ground and up and running, and then we can scale with you and kind of flex up and down with you, um, versus having 12 different logins. Um and like 12 different subscriptions i think that's just like kind of a mental time suck as well as financially is not Yeah, that, doesn't make that much sense you know
0: what else i noticed a lot of businesses don't realize how much they could integrate with the tools that we use like quick like um like google maps i'll give yeah. you an example i moved to austin i needed a haircut suddenly i was going to google maps to see who was rated highly and so on This one freaking place made it so easy to book within Google Maps that I just booked. Did you know what I'm talking about? I I didn't realize. With Apple Pay, I'm paying them suddenly. I didn't look beyond them because they made it so easy. It turns out they use- Apple Pay
1: is so underrated.
0: (laughs) So underrated. It's amazing. But also the Google Maps integration hardly ever comes up. I just did a search right now for a barbershop to just to see what happens, what I went through. Old Soul Barbershop comes up and then there's a big button under their photos that say book online. And then when you book online, you get, you know, you just get to see available times and how much it would cost for whatever it is that you want. And then underneath it, there's a tiny little mention that says, uh, booking times provided by Squire, which I guess is a haircut type solution. Yeah. Right. That kind of thing is just so valuable. But what store owner has the patience to go and figure out that Google's offering that and then Facebook's offering something new and then Instagram tomorrow might offer something and then screw over their people when they eliminate it the next week.
1: Yeah, I think we underestimate the like the power of frictionless like transaction, like you said, like, can you just text someone right away? Can you schedule something right away? Can you check out right away? Um, So like a lot of these folks, they're kind of hesitant to accept credit card payments at first. Um, then when they start doing it, it's like, oh, wow, I get paid instantly. And you just add this like tip button and you make right. another like 5%. Like think how much we tip DoorDash just because it's easy, um, even though it's like not that great of a service for for anybody, frankly. Um, but just like, okay, two clicks and I can, oh, it's 10% tip. Sure. Sounds good. Um, right. I, I they got think, me to tip before. Yeah, exactly. You tip before you even get the service. It makes, it's like, it's just like the psychology of that is super interesting. Um, okay. So now if I yeah. do
0: the same thing for landscaping, nobody lets me book landscaping online. Yeah. I just happen to, cause sometimes we need to get somebody to come in here and do it. Nope. It's not on there. Who knows? Does Google make it available? I feel like that's a huge, uh, a huge need too. that. If you could bring the more customers, do you see that at all as a pain point? Am I just thinking through your business with you? Cause I'm getting a little bit excited about what you're doing at durable.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the, the most important thing. I think like after, getting up and running and getting your first customers is how do you grow and make it scalable growth. So um, scalable, meaning it's, you're not spending so much time like dealing with quotes and phone calls. It's like, okay, you want customers here, they are. And I think the, the reality of most of these businesses, once you get to your first kind of five or six customers, then there's this word of mouth engine that, that kicks in. So we're actually building like automated, like asking for reviews on Google, asking for referrals from your friends and just like yeah. this kind of word of mouth engine. Um, so you don't have to actually pay for acquisition because right now, like you would either post on like a thumbtack or a different marketplace, which we want to actually like give people the ability to do as well, but like use that for your first two clients. Make might cost you 200 bucks a client, but then do a good job, get the reviews, get the word of mouth engine. Um, and then you should have a sustainable growing business within a very short period of time. and. Like all this stuff is, it's a lot of time to deal with if you're trying to do it manually and you forget about it. And there's just best practices that software can solve better than humans, right? Like it's, you can have that ask asking for a review, make it a very human touch, um, but just automate it, right? Why not? It's the same thing, right? And it just makes your life so much easier.
0: James, what about this? Like philosophically, I'm noticing a lot more entrepreneurs I'm interviewing are not even doing the minimum viable product anymore. They're just building the thing. You didn't say- can I first create an MVP that collects all the software you need and a human being will make sure it all works together. And then once we see that you really wish that it worked together better, then we code it up. You just said, I'm going to talk to customers and I'm going to build out the first thing. Why?
1: It's almost a gut feeling and intuition that I actually think this is going to be very big and going to work. Um, And it's kind of a... It's a, like I, I like showing people something i guess like i think like um you could do the lean startup approach here like you said and do it all manually um maybe that would have been a better strategy but i just have the experience like, building software in like very adjacent categories and um i know we're gonna be able i know we're gonna be able to acquire customers so it's like can we build the thing how good can it be um and how do you, I think know you just, could like, build
0: how do you know you could acquire customers
1: i i mean we acquired like four and a half million for my, my last business. And it's like, I just, if we have an exceptionally good competitive product at a good price, like, uh, we're already, and we already built a big list. We built like a couple thousand person waiting list as well. Um, so I think that like, that was enough like market validation for me. Um, but yeah, lean versus fat startup. Um, I just think this needs to exist. And like, I think this is like a product that I really want to exist and I want to build it. Um, And sometimes building a 10 X better product um, just gives you way more momentum when we go to market Um, as opposed to just like you said, building an invoicing solution is not that interesting. Building like another website builder is not that interesting. Actually going to market with, Hey, like, your business in 10 minutes like that's really where i want to get to and that's just like a compelling story and a compelling i saw
0: product. your eyes light up earlier when you gave the time i think you said five minutes earlier but the idea of i yeah. got you covered in five that is, that is an amazing thing yeah by the way speaking of starting all these different things you started in between both the businesses we just talked about you started this one slack thing and i, I know we're at
1: the end of our time but
0: why did you start a slack thing on the, what was the slack thing that you started
1: oh it's called holopod yeah it was like um Essentially, automated your Slack status based on your current work state. So when you're when you're on Slack, you're kind of bombarded by messages at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we wanted is like, how do you signal to your team, like, hey, I'm in a meeting right now. I'm focused right now. Um, I'm next available. So it's kind of this like automated workflow management within Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a side project while I was running Visual CV um and then COVID hit so it just got a bunch of why'd
0: you do it was it just because you needed it yourself and you said let me see if other people need it or were you bored and this is your form of fun
1: i thought it was a really really good idea and like my friend like my friend was like an exceptional engineer actually built like the first prototype it's like oh this is this is cool i think there's like it solves a pain point for my team here um and then yeah i mean like it just kind of like inherited the project and then um covid hit and it got a bunch of really organic momentum so like a bunch of public companies started signing up and um we i think we ended up with like five thousand companies using it um i definitely i think it's a personality flaw but when <laughs> when i choose to do something i will just like run through a wall to make it work too and i think that was the the gut check so we actually um like I was running that, that business. And I was like, it was, I mean, losing, losing money. Um, but getting a lot of like user momentum. Um, I was just like, I got to do this. Like I said, I would do this. And like, I, I, I kind of care about it. Um, it's a cool mm-hmm. product and people like the product. Um, but I didn't really take a step back and gut check whether this was what I wanted to spend the next 10 years doing. And that, that was really my framework for, for durable is like, uh. like Holopod needed to work for me to be happy with it. Um, if we give Durable the absolute best shot and we build something amazing and it doesn't work, like I can live with that, right? It's like, I actually think it's a product that um, I'm excited about, it helps the world, it will help people um, and that's important to me. And if, if I'm gonna go spend 10 years on this, it's probably not um, making tech teams slightly more productive, even though that's a great mm-hmm. mission too, for the right person, it just wasn't the right mission for me.
0: You sold it to Pulse. It seems like this is a major part of there, or maybe Pulse is the new company.
1: Yeah, so Pulse, like again, like who's the like founder? Market fit is so important. And Raj, who runs Pulse, is super stoked. Like he built a calendar app before that sold to Salesforce. He's super excited about Status and what it can do. Um, I'm like, yeah, you like 100. Like you should buy this business. And like I think there's a ton of momentum here with Holopod that you can kind of yeah couple into to what you're doing at Pulse. So I think that's like again founder market fit. I think is just so important, like chasing the right market. If you don't care about it, I just think, don't think you actually like, mm. I don't think there's longevity there.
0: I just feel like you're such a creator. Like I think on, uh, on Holopod, you had Bear metrics as one of the users. I remember talking to the founder of Bear metrics and he was constantly coming up with projects. There was always another little side business. And I asked him why he said, some people will play video games in, in their lunch break. I just need to start something and see it yeah and that's See what's fun through.
1: about about durable too is like i get to dig into all these little like random businesses that we can build some education and some content around so it's like mobile bike mechanics like that's actually a massive market that's like a 50 million dollar market now um in canada
0: like mobile because of the pandemic is that what made it grow so
1: fast uh yeah there's like some biking grew like 300 oh, percent in a year and there you can't get a mechanic now so like it's just like that specific market i'm like yeah if Someone started like hot tub maintenance. My friend just bought a place on a mountain and you can't get a hot tub person. Um, like, dude, like just if I was 20, I just go like church 200 bucks a month for all these rich people's hot tubs. Like, uh, yeah. like there's just so much opportunity yeah. here. And, and, and you know like, what, dude? Yeah. And that's what you said
0: earlier. You said there's for many things, there's more demand than supply. There's more demand for somebody to come walk my dog than supply for somebody to fix my hot tub or clean my pool or whatever than supply. And then you don't even know where to get it. Right. And also bikes. I, I get what you mean. I saw the line on uh Valencia Street in Santa Monica in yeah. San Francisco, excuse me, of people waiting to get their bike looked at by the one place there. All right. The company, I love the name. It's durable. The website is durable co. Congratulations on the launch. Um it's been it's been a while. It's not like it's brand new, but it's been out there, it's fairly new. And congratulations on this impressive career. Thanks for being on here, James. Thanks,
1: Andrew. Yeah, I really appreciate it.
0: You bet. And I want to thank my two sponsors. If you need to pay people, go to gusto.com slash Mixergy. And if you are looking to hire developers, go to lemon.io slash Mixergy. Thanks.